Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening. Good evening. Ooh, sweet, sticky thing. That song right there, that song brings back memories. I remember when I first heard that song um, when I was a child, so I, I love that song. And when I remember it, just like, ooh, sweet, sticky, like it made my mouth water when I heard it as a child. And now as an adult and under a different context, it still makes my mouth water, but it does something else to me too. <laughs> Another uh, Friday of Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition. Welcome, my goddesses. Love to the goddesses. Love to the goddesses. Hey, Janine. <laughs> hey, love, goddess of desire, Janine. <laughs> oh, um, Z, you here with us, honey? I am here. All right. That's my girl. Peace, peace uh, to the goddesses tonight. One love. One love. Well, yeah, we like are. I was just saying, it, it ain't nothing like some sweet, sticky thing. You know that's right. What's a sweet, sticky thing? What's a sweet, sticky thing? Janine, what else could you play? When uh, we're having the conversation that we're having tonight <laughs> with a mystery man, huh? <laughs> talking about the sweet sticky thing, Woo. sweet sticky thing, man. I wonder if he can handle three women tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna see. We gonna see. All right. <laughs> he like he probably on the line right. going. What has she got me into? <laughs> well, we know oh. that whoever is the mystery man is ready to uh, share himself openly and honestly with us, so we are happy and blessed to be able to have the brother present with us tonight. And Janine, yes. before we get started, uh, Bonnie, we want to welcome the family, and then we can do our disclaimer, so we can just jump right in to... Uh, but what Goddess Janine has for us tonight. Yes, yes. So um, we want to welcome the family here to yet another evening of Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition. And every third Friday, we are just so blessed and privileged to have the love goddess queen of desire, Ms. Janine Ingram, and she is our guest host on every third Friday, and we just want to welcome her with open arms, and as we hinted to you, we do have a mystery guest, so neither Z or I know who our guest is going to be tonight, and we are going to get ready to jump into some really delicious conversation, but before we get started, um, to those that are new and to those that are that have been, you know, with us, we want to welcome you, and before we get started, we like to do a disclaimer just to let um, our audience know that this is an adult show and with adult content, and um, when listening to the show, if you have young children in, you know, the listening area, we just like to just let the adults know that um, 
you know, prior to getting started. And then also, uh, we didn't introduce ourselves. I am a sexual wellness coach, and Z, she is our love and sex enthusiast, and soon to be author, might I add. And um, she, and so with that being said, we are not medical doctors, um, but we. Um, we talk through our experience and through our research, and then our guests, we have special guests on the show that also will be um, sharing with you their information on love, sex, or nutrition. So with that being said, uh, we always suggest that if you are to follow any suggestions or recommendations that either I, Z, or our guests may have, if you're under any type of medical care, um, or anything like that, or any medications, we always recommend that you communicate with your medical, primary medical um, practitioner. So other than that, Z, um, did I cover everything, honey? Yes, 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 and uh, thank you so much, uh, my queen. And we just want to, again, thank the family tonight. And mm-hmm. we just ask you to relax. Uh, come to the end of your day, let it all go. And um, sisters, I, I invited you to put your PJs on and your glass of wine and uh, write up on Facebook. So if you haven't done so, go ahead and get ready. And uh, we also invited the brothers to join in with us tonight. So we hope that we will have some brothers on the line that will share uh, in the conversation uh, that we're having tonight. So all is well, and we do give thanks. Uh, Queen Janine. Queen of Desire, we will turn it over to you, beloved. All right. Well, I just want to say good afternoon, good evening to my beautiful sister. Love to the goddesses and love to the gods out there. Yes, yes. And I am Janine Ingram, and I'm a radio host, an author of Born to Be Rich, Inspirational Book of the Year. And I facilitate a morning show called The Love Journey. They also call me the Love Goddess. And I am a transformational life coach. And I'm excited tonight to bring to you this phenomenal guest. He's also a life coach, transformational life coach. He teaches about the ascended masters. And he's not, he's all about awakening lovers. So we're going to talk about the awakened inner lover, but we're also going to find out to him what does it mean to have, what does it what is it to have good pussy and what does it all mean? To him, so I'm gonna let him introduce himself, so you all can recognize the voice of our mystery guest. Yes, uh, hello, Janine. Hello, my other sisters. <laughs> so it's like uh, it's like I've heard about this show, and Mirs uh, told me about it. The Janine told me about it, and then a couple of days ago, Janine, we was having a conversation, uh, and she said, "Why don't you be the?" Uh, uh, Mystery guest uh, Friday night. I said I'm not scared. Uh, I'll be the guest. <laughs> so here I am, James Gilmore. Yes, this is James Gilmore, and we were talking about actually his, his new lover he has. Welcome, and, James. <laughs> and we were well, well, we well. talking about his new lover and how his new lover bathed him and how she loved on him and anointed him when she was spent two weeks with him. She, she bathed him, anointed him, loved him every kind of way that you can be loved. I'm like, we're going to talk about that on Love, Sex, and Nutrition. Also, we have a sister who don't know James, and she don't know you, but her name is Bonnie. This is the bad to the bone. Bonnie meet James. James meet Bonnie. Bonnie, James. 
Welcome, 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 brother. Thank you for coming on the show this evening. I'm excited to get to know you a little better tonight. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, also, uh, I want to give a disclaimer as well. I'm a Scorpio. (laughs) (laughs) And what does that mean? Let's get into what does it mean. No, no, no. That was was just a joke. <laughs> no, you use it. No, I, I'm, I'm a Scorpio, but uh, mm-hmm. I would just uh, people have all these uh, myths out about Scorpios and all kind of myths about sexuality and uh, you know, uh, I mean it's uh, it's a lot of uh, so basically for me it's like a person is asleep or they're awake as far as their consciousness is concerned. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways I look, one of the ways I look at it being asleep, if you're in the soup, whether you're at the bottom of the soup, the side of the soup bowl, uh, whether you're swimming, you're still in the soup. So you know it's like you're in the soup or you're out of the soup. So uh, it, it really doesn't matter ultimately what you're doing while you're sleeping and dreaming. You're having a good dream. You're having a bad dream. You're not dreaming at all. The fact is, you're still asleep. Okay, so what does it mean to be an awakened lover mm-hmm. then? Let's talk about mm-hmm. that. What is an awakened lover? To be an awakened What's lover an means what? Well, okay, this is good. So there's really no separation. So to be an awakened lover, to be an awakened uh, uh, partner, to be, it's, it's been awakened, period. So I think you often quote that quote from uh, T. Harv. Uh, uh, Eckert, uh, Janine, how you do anything is how you do everything. So you, you can't have separation with your being awake. You can't be awake uh, sexually in your relationships with your sexuality and then be awake spiritually on a spiritual path. So I think that, you know, people, they think they're awake, they're doing meditation, they're chanting, they're vegetarians. And then they're living unconscious with their sexuality, with their sexual relationships. So it's like, uh, I don't think so. So, so you know, sexuality, sexuality, uh, you know, if we awaken, we approach our life from a place, a consciousness, a mindset of being awakened. Okay, so what does it look like to have, to make love in an awakened state? What would that look like? Very, very good question. So, I, 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 you know, so hanging out with you, Janine, since about the same time last year, one of the things that you constantly talk about is the heart, being in the heart. So being awakened is going to be a person on a path where they're living from their heart in relationship to loving themselves, in relationship to loving other people, in relationship to coming from a place of innocence, a place of trust, a place of intuition, following the inner guidance. So it's coming from your heart. It's living from your heart. And, of course, you know, living from your heart is totally different from living from ego, from fear, uh, from distrust, from suspicion, uh, paranoia. You know, it's like if I'm a lover, then my heart is open and I'm 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 being a lover from my heart, not from my head, not from uh, some 
mythology about how I should be as a black man, and I'm certainly not relating to a woman, some mythology about how she should be as a woman, as a black woman, as a woman, or whatever. Not having an agenda is being in your heart, being in the moment, and flowing with what's there from a place of trust and allowing and openness and and divinity. It's does that make that make any sense what I just said? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense about being an awakened vessel. Because when you in your heart, you're willing to give yourself fully. You're not in your head about which if it's good enough or not, you already know you're more than good enough because you're fully present with all who you are as your gift. As an awakened lover, you come as a gift. You recognize that I am a gift, and this is an spiritual experience, and we're exchanging our gifts together. And we pop, what, what I love with Astaria says that every time we come together to consummate or make love, we pop the cherry of the universe. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 do, you do quote that, that, that quite often, <laughs> <laughs> but I like I like the fact that the universe's cherry is being popped when I'm making love. I, I now visualize this juicy juice coming from the universe when I'm making love now. <laughs> now one, one of the things that came to me, one of the things that just came to me as you were saying what you were saying, Janine, is I've been an awakened lover and coming from my heart and relating to my heart and being in the present moment doesn't make me a fool. It doesn't make me naive. It doesn't make me in denial uh, about what's in front of me and who's in front of me and their energy. So if I'm if I'm resonating heart energy, love energy, then obviously I'm sensitive to when I'm in the presence of energy that's not that. Mm. So my intuition, without me having to judge someone, my intuition is going to let me know whether this person is also vibrating from their heart, whether they're in their heart. And and then, and of course, you know, we're humans, so we have past memories, past experiences, and it doesn't mean that the memories are not going to come up, the fear, the distrust. But what I'm looking at is not that that stuff doesn't come up with myself or the other person. I'm looking at how do we address that and deal with that. Are we going to be in our fear? Are we going to be in our distrust? Are we going to be in our interpretations of those uh, painful experiences we had? Or are we going to be in our heart, be in a place of trust, and get divine support with dealing with what comes up, distrust, uh, the painful memories, or whatever? So that's what I'm observing when I'm with the woman is I'm not expecting her to be in denial I'm not expecting to be in denial myself, and, and I know that we're going to trigger each other's stuff that's not healed. So that that's really, really a vital uh, 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 distinction for me. Relationships are designed to trigger whatever is in both people that they that that they haven't healed yet. Not so they can use that to project that something's wrong with the other person so they can kind of like, this is a mirror for me to look at uh, what's going on with me. Cause if it wasn't there, it couldn't be triggered and create a nurturing environment and a loving environment and a healing environment for both people to 
to heal that together. Hmm. So let's talk about the, your first wife. You said your first wife was a sexual goddess, and she was also no, a no, no. Girl. My second wife was a sexual goddess. Oh, okay. Your second wife, I, I forget. Second wife. But, but I'm glad you brought up about my my first wife because that's a perfect example of what is the uh, not what we're talking about tonight. Being an awakened lover, being in your heart, is like my intuition. You know, I didn't know a lot about intuition. I was a, a traditional, a ministerial student at a traditional religious college, and uh, they weren't talking about intuition, your inner self, your inner child. In my church, they wouldn't talk about it in the, in, in the seminary uh, that I attended, which was a junior college. And my intuition told me not to marry this young lady. And I started, I ignored my intuition, and I started giving myself logical justifications for why I should marry her. She's a virgin. Uh, she's going to make a good mother. She'll make a good wife. She's not going to mess around on me. Uh, she's going to be faithful to me. And my logic and reason was true about all those things, but my heart and my intuition was saying, y'all don't buy with each other. Don't do it. So I did it anyway. And, um, it was like uh, oil and water for eight years. <laughs> All right, it was so like let's talk about oil and water. So what made the second wife? The second wife. I followed my heart. Yeah, my, but see, here's the, this is good. This is good. So it wasn't. So she she was also a virgin when we got married. She was a preacher's daughter. I was following my intuition and my heart about uh, relating to her getting together with her, and it wasn't about sex. It was about my intuition says she's the one for you, and I really, really resonate with her. We resonate with each other, and we had a, a, a beautiful eight-year uh, marriage, and she was a, a fellow Scorpio, so it's like neither one of us had any inhibition, so we had a great eight years of Scorpio and Scorpio lovemaking. So you said she was driving down the street and you saw her and she said, her body said, her energy said, come back here and speak to me, right? What, it wasn't her was body. It, it, it wasn't her body because she didn't meet my, you know, at that time I'm I'm 30 years old uh, and uh, I've been married for eight years prior to that. And uh, so, you know, my typical thing of the ideal uh, black woman she did not meet that at all. You know, her parents didn't meet that at all. It was an energetic thing where I'm driving down the street. I looked over in the car. Well, I'm in, in Terrell, Texas, little country town outside of Dallas. And I looked over there, and it was like a freaking tractor beam hit me and said, you're going to turn around, and you're going to get out the car, and you're going to speak to this young lady. It was an energetic thing, and um, and I just, like, followed my intuition, this Energetic. I, I didn't know what was going on. I really never experienced anything quite that powerful before. But it was definitely an energy thing. And it was definitely, uh, uh, you know, a heart thing. And, and and I didn't know that she was a Scorpio until later. I really wasn't into astrology and all that stuff. I was, you know, I was just getting into metaphysics at that time. And uh, but it was definitely a heart thing. And uh, and it's like. I knew I had to honor what was in my heart, and, and I did. 
So, James, what made her a sexual goddess, though? You always talk about her well, being this, this, this is good. This is good. So, first of all, you know, she was a virgin when we got married, but she didn't have any sexual inhibitions. Um, and she was very creative sexually, uh, just profoundly creative, no inhibitions. And it, and, and this is good. She never used sex to manipulate me or bring manipulation into the relationship. And that's something I really appreciated with, I, I appreciated about her. Sex was never used as a manipulation. It was an expression of love, expression of pleasure, expression of fellowship, and, um, you know, Scorpio in the house with no inhibitions. What can I say? So tell me, so when you say creative, tell me what was, give me what you would love to share in terms of a creative sexual experience with her. What did that look like? Um. <laughs> well, what, one thing is this. This is this is uh, 1980, and you know, I, I, and at at that time, I was a, a a minister in the Church of Christ. She was a minister's daughter. Her father was a minister in the Church of Christ, and at that time, ministers would get up in the pulpit, tell married couples how to have sex. You know, they would tell them that certain things were dirty, were wrong, were worldly. You shouldn't do. Uh, you know, you, you shouldn't do oral sex because, uh, you know, that that's that's the world does that. And uh, you, if you're a righteous uh, man, you're not going to have your wife doing that. If you're a righteous woman, you're going to not submit to that, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to make sure you stick with the missionary position. And so that was part of the culture, even with people getting in the pulpit and preaching about how you should have sex as a, as a married couple. And of course, they didn't certainly wasn't referring to to, to people being non-married and what they should do or not do. They was talking to to married people, and it was amazing to me that growing up in that culture, she did not have any of those inhibitions and didn't take on that uh, religious propaganda about sex. So that was, uh, I guess, a great example, a philosophical example that I can give you. <laughs> Oh, I thought she was going to tell me how she lit the candles when I crawled up in the bed. You know, I was looking for a story, but you know that, well, right? Well, but here's the, here's the thing is when you don't have any inhibitions and you and your heart is open and sex is an expression of love and, and unity and harmony and, 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 and pleasure for one another, it's like you, you, you now have the freedom to to be spontaneous, to be creative, to flow with your partner. So it was like no inhibitions, no restrictions, uh, sex not being used to manipulate or control or any of that stuff. And it was just a, 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 a beautiful experience without all the, you know, manipulation and sexual politics and, and all of that stuff. Wow. So, James. Let's talk about what is good pussy then. What is good pussy? Because all the ladies want to know, what is good pussy? What makes pussy good? What makes it good, good, mouthwater and juicy? It makes scary juice run down your mouth. What does that look like? Okay, that, that's good. That's good. So I have to use uh, my, my uh, uh, Scorpio uh, wife for eight years as an example. It's like when a person is in their heart and they're a loving person, when the, when the female is loving, she's in, their, in her heart, 
she's in in her own skin as a woman. She's uh, uh, don't have any hangups about herself, her body. She's in a place of freedom and self-expression. And it's, it's basically, you know, it's like the woman's energy, which, which entails all of that, her self-image, her self-esteem, uh, how she sees herself as a woman. Uh, all of that is kind of like what creates that appeal, that, that aura, that magnetism. And it's like, it, it's, it, it's hard to resist that. But then it's something that's really fundamentally, when men see women that they just go apeshit crazy over them sexually, it's really not just about how good they think the sex is going to be. Maybe that's where they are in their stage of awakening. But it's really the energy, the light, the love, the, 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 the energy that they're connecting with and and ultimately, it's the energy that they really are enjoying, and that's that's having that 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 impact. So it's really about the, the energy, and 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 we can't help but being who we are energetically, and other people pick up on that energy. Mm. You know, the confidence, the loving oneself, uh, the 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 willingness to to you know give. Uh, a genuine pleasure and have a genuine uh, adventure with the person who you choose to have it with. All of that energetically is what's being picked up. And if a, and if a woman is in that state, uh, I think it's going to be impossible for the pussy not to be good. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So James, you said to me the other night when we were talking about this conversation that there was a difference between an awakened lover or a high conscious lover, like you can make love and be in your lower state, but then you can make love and be in a higher state. What is the what is the difference between an awakened lover and an unawakened lover, or being in a lower consciousness state? Okay, this this is good. So it's like a person who's on a path of awakening, and they are conscious about their energy, the energy they take in. It's like sex. Just like they consider themselves as sacred. They're sacred. They are a divine expression of Father, Mother, God. And so, you know, you can't see yourself as sacred and expression of God, but yet your sexuality, you don't hold that sacred. And it's, it's, it's not all this deep, you know, religious sanction, but it's like sex is definitely a conduit for bringing in uh, not only universal energy, divine energy, but it's also a medium of expressing the energy that you are, that you have, your your the, the energy that makes up your aura. Uh, you are sharing that energy with someone else, and so it's like a woman who's conscious. She's conscious about her thinking. She's conscious about uh, her her self-image, her self-esteem. She's conscious about energy she's taking in from other people, not just uh, uh, other lovers, but she's conscious about the energy she's taking in from her friends, from her environment. And so, you know, if you're having a sexual experience with a person who's unconscious, it's like only God knows all the, the energy that they've taken in that's a part of their energy matrix. And it's certainly 
someone has said that when you have sex with someone, you're having sex with the last five or ten partners that they had. Because that energy does stay with us. It does become a part of us. So a person, man or woman, who's unconscious, they are sharing energetically with whoever they make love to and with the, the kind of energy they've been taking in and the kind of energy that's a part of them. So it really makes a difference in being conscious. But you said to me on the call the other night that when we were talking about it, that there is no orgasm like when you invite the ascended masters and the spiritual presence into your lovemaking experience. You said that's the best orgasm you can ever have. So you think it's the difference between an unawakened and awakened is the explosiveness of an orgasm being in an awakened state? That, that's a great question, Janine. I think it's more about the consciousness and the lifestyle. So when, okay, this is good. So personally for me, if if a woman and I can't pray together and meditate together and invite uh, the ascended masters and our guides and our guardian angels and uh, into the experience, then that's probably a good Sign for me that I'm, I'm that is I'm, it's probably not good to have a sexual experience with that woman <laughs> because there's nothing wrong with someone not doing that. So for me, sex being sacred because life is sacred, I'm sacred, my energy sacred. Then it's like, why would I not want to have sex be a sacred uh, sacrament? So wow. it's being a sacred sacrament, that means that. It's just as relevant for us to pray before making love, while we're making love, after we're making love, as it is to pray when we sit down and have a meal together or we go to a, a meditation group and pray or we at a sweat lodge and pray. So it's like for me, we're not separating the divine from any part of the relationship, and especially because of the power of it, we're certainly not going to separate the divine from uh, the sexual part of the relationship. So, did you? So, would you say at one time you were an awakened lover, and that you know that you're an awakened lover now, and at one time you wasn't? What was the experience for you in terms of being an awakened, and versus when you were not awakened? Oh, you ask such devastating questions, my dear. So, when I wasn't awakened lover. Even though I knew all this uh, teaching about the church, religion, sex being wrong, being dirty, uh, I know I knew intellectually and mentally that wasn't true. Uh, and I was a Bible scholar, and I knew that you know people had twisted the Bible about sex and sexuality. I found myself when it wasn't the presence of love between me and that woman; it was just simply the gratification of my sexual desire. I, I, did, I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I, I mean, when I said enjoy it, I didn't enjoy it on a mental level, emotional level, or psychological level. I mean, I enjoyed the excitement of it. You know, this woman had a body, obviously, that attracted me, and and obviously, I, you know, physically enjoyed the experience. Uh, but it, it wasn't satisfying to me because it's like I knew there wasn't the presence of love for me towards that woman. And not like she wasn't a consenting adult, but it's like, you know, there's something more here and more available, and I'm leaving a lot on the table 
just having sex with this woman just for the, 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 the desire for sex. So when I wasn't awakened, an awakened lover, allowed myself to engage in sex for sex's sake. And then after a while, I was like, you know, you really didn't enjoy that, uh, 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 Jimmy. So, like, why are you doing something you're really not enjoying? So then I shifted to if the presence of love is not there between me and that person, it's like I'm just going to be celibate until there's someone who I have a spiritual connection with, a mental connection with, and it's, it's about more than just the two of us pleasing each other physically. And now because I understand energy a lot more, that I'm taking on that person's energy and the energy of the people she's taking on, I'm much more uh, discerning in who I choose to share my energy with, and my sexual energy is just one part of that. So now uh, I definitely take an awakened approach to it. And, and, and my path is a path of ascension and awakening. So ultimately, is this particular experience going to support my awakening or it's going to retard my awakening? Or I'm going to have to go and have a shaman to do some clearing with me because I took on some this person's entities or their negative energy. So it's like, you know, I don't, don't have time for all that. So let me make sure that my intuition, my heart is connected with this uh, and make sure this is a, a loving experience. This person is also up on a path of spiritual awakening. So this experience can elevate both of us on, on all the levels, the pleasure, the, the, the energy exchange, you know, everything that's possible from this sacred experience, uh, bringing that to the experience. You said the other night that uh, an awakened loving experience activated all the chakras. That you be, it was a full body orgasm opposed to just a lower body orgasm. Is that yes, yes, so that, that potential is there indeed. So, is there a, a a bigger feeling when you have a full body orgasm? Is there a bigger explosion? What happens in the body, mind, and soul when you have a full body? Well, well I, I, I'm working on that, that uh, Janine. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs> my, my uh, beloved is over in China right now, and I, I uh, called her right before. Uh, well, she called me uh, about a half an hour before the show, and I sent her the text over that I was going to be the guest on this show, talking about what, what is good pussy. And then I asked her the question. I said, Why, why, why is your pussy good pussy? And she said, uh, Because. Uh, you know, you know her love, uh, her spirituality, uh, her uh, the, the sacredness of it. Uh, you know, her, her honor in me, her my honor in her, her honor in me. Uh, so we agreed to have a sacred relationship uh, prior to the sexual aspect of it. So that's what we committed to having. So how could any how could anything in the relationship not be sacred if we've already committed to having a sacred relationship? So she she agreed that uh, her pussy was good and my pussy was good too, <laughs> and it was good because of, of the sacred aspect of the relationship. So it's good because of the energy and the sacredness of it. Exactly, exactly, and both of us are on a path of awakening. 
and uh, you know, uh, higher consciousness and you know, meditation and you know, uh, good diet and doing group things together, do, doing our clearing work. Uh, when we went to my chapter, we had a, a couple's clearing with Joel and Makwa, where they were clearing, you know, her past stuff about relationships, my past stuff, ancestral stuff, and they cleared, you know, uh, energetic stuff between us from past lives and present things. So, so we had a couple uh, uh, clearing process to empower our relationship even more. So, James, I wanted you to tell us, because, you know, a lot of us can take notes uh, out of her book because you call me, like, on cloud 10. This lady just gave me a bath, and she did this, and she did that. Can you give us a play-by-play so I can take some notes so I can do my husband that same way? Can you tell me how and what and all this good stuff she did that had you so on cloud 10 that you was like, ain't no other woman in the world ever did this for me? What was all that about? Okay, okay, it's good, it's good. So so for me, in, in response to your question, and that's how I, I respond to anything similar, it's really about the being. So first of all, you know, she we, we met in my Chasta a couple years ago. Then we, we start, uh, she emailed me in December of last year. We start communicating. I invited her to come to the Love Journey Mystery School as my guest and, and listen in. And then we started talking on WhatsApp and texting each other. And then after about a week or so, she asked me, could she come visit me? And so the first thing that I, that, you know, here's a woman from another culture. She's Asian. She's from China. And so the first thing for myself is, like, just let go about expectations, about what, uh, you know, Chinese women are like, and just be in my heart, be in the moment, and just be in a place of allowing and experiencing whatever we choose to experience. So I never asked her to do anything. You know, I didn't ask her to cook, home cook Chinese meals. I didn't uh, ask her to, to bathe me. I didn't ask her to fix, uh, you know, Chinese tea ceremonies for me. I, I didn't ask for any of that. It's just that she did what she was comfortable doing and, uh, I definitely was receptive. <laughs> and so oh, we just so, so you just skipped over the whole story. So we're gonna get back to the part. Did she have candles in the bathroom? I wanna know what the bathroom looked like. Did she take your clothes off? Did she put you how she bathed you? I wanna know the whole you have to tell me play by play. Because I'm taking notes well, well, right now. So we're about to do the same thing for my husband. So tell me what to do here. Well, well. First of all, she she, she fell in love with you, Janine. So you 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 know, and brought gifts from China for you. So you you probably can call her up, uh, email her. So really, it wasn't so much about the play by play. We had candlelight dinners. She cooked homemade uh, dumplings and homemade uh, Chinese cuisine for me. I mean, she did all that stuff on her own. I never asked her to wash the clothes. She did all that. And so it's really about the being. So I don't think it matters about the details of what we're doing. It is about the details because we want to take notes. I want to know where the flower petals in the water, where the candle is, <laughs> how does it feel. I'm taking notes for real. Come on, okay. give us a I, 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 know, I know you asked me for real, Janine, but really the magic 
and, and, and that experience and the magic and all of our experiences is, you know, being in our heart, coming from our heart, the, the energy behind what we're doing, the intention behind what, the do, what we're doing, the, 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 the love behind what we're doing, that's what makes it magical. I mean, you know, I, I have a profound love for you, Janine. It's not any one thing that you do or the way you do it. It's just who you're being as Janine that I, I, that I, that I love you. You know, because you uh, haven't really been in my presence. Because see, now if you've been in my presence, you'll be stuck on me. When I came to Chicago, I hung out with you for three hours at at your your godmother's house. Then when you came over Claudette's house, we hung out for another three or four hours uh, while I was playing chess and you was DJing for us. So you know everything that I picked up about your energy, you know hundreds of conversations with you uh, and co-hosting with you on the love journey. Uh, when I met you in person, everything that I experienced with you in person just verified my experience with you talking to you, my experience observing your interaction with other people, uh, Saluna, Ava, Dr. David. So, you know, it's like who a person is being, what's in their heart that's being transmitted, that's where the magic is. It's not any one thing they do or how they do it. The magic is in the love that's in our heart that colors everything we do and everything we say. That's where the magic is. I really like that. I'm, you know, I'm playing, you know, I do want him to hear. I, 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 I know what you're doing. But I, really do, I do like the fact that you said it's the magic is in the heart, it's the magic is in the being, you know, because that means anybody can be magical if they're in their heart. Oh, oh absolutely. So let me ask you this. So we've had a couple of guys on the line who said all pussy is divine. Would you say all pussy is divine then? Oh, hell no. No, no, no. Hell to the no. Okay, okay. I mean, okay, this is good. This is good. So I was in one city in the country. I'm not going to even say what city because somebody might figure out what city it was in. So I was in this in this one city, and there was this uh, uh, sister who just, uh, had her mind made up. She got to get some of this good uh, James Gilmore dick. And it's like she was, she was like hell-bent on this. She became manipulative, uh, uh, you know, to get me to this city. She used a minister to uh, uh, talk me into becoming, since I'm uh, a minister and working with this ministerial staff. And it's just there wasn't any sexual appeal to me. This person, I, I, you know, I, I could see myself being friends with her. We had a lot in common culturally. Uh, we did some of the same transformational work. But there was no sexual appeal to me. And, of course, some of the brothers said, are you crazy? You know, this sister's like, you know, men are dying for some of that. And it wasn't like they, what they said wasn't true about, you know, she was very endowed physically and all that stuff like that. But it was like, it, it, you know, for me to have engaged with her sexually when I wasn't able to bring my heart into it, there wasn't a real heart connection, uh, it was, wouldn't have been authentic for me just to have sex with her just to get, me, get, get myself some. And when I, and, I, and I was honest with her about that. You know, I wasn't, you know, uh, like, let's do, let's do some stuff together in the community. Let's do some spiritual work together. Let's do some transformational work together. 
but the man-woman thing is just not there for me. This sister became a, a, a vengeful, uh, and and it's like my intuition just wouldn't let me get some of that that pussy because I knew it wouldn't have been good pussy. And and when I didn't engage with her sexually, she became uh, manipulative, vindictive. She she was out to destroy my reputation. She told lies on me. I mean, it was like it was like she told me. She said uh, uh, after that experience where. Uh, she got me in bed talking about some sexual healing and healing my inner child. Uh, but I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to judge this woman that she's not sincere. But uh, I said, okay, she wants to use some solid set healing techniques with me, and you've got to be naked in bed to do it. Okay. And, uh, and then, of course, when we got in bed, it wasn't about no sexual healing. It was about, you know, doing the wild thing. And, of course, after that, I guess her female ego can handle it. This man is going to get in bed with me and these big boobies up touching him and he ain't got no heart on and he, and I didn't get me none. It's like, no, 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 no. So uh, she was like, I'm going to destroy your reputation, blah, 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 blah. So that was like my, my intuition said, James, don't do it. That's not some good pussy. Don't do it. And I didn't do it. And I'm glad I didn't to this day. <laughs> wow. So that's an example wow. for me. That's an example for me why all pussy is not good pussy. Wow, that was a good story right there. Okay, this is good. This is good. I just got the revelation. You ready? Yes. Okay, here's the revelation. If the pussy is not attached to a loving heart, it's bad pussy. All right, all right. Let's see if Bonnie Z want to chime in on anything. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I first, I want to applaud you, brother, for dodging, for following your intuition and dodging the bad pussy because we know that they, you know, we, we aren't perfect, but there have been instances where, you know, brothers don't always choose to do so, and the sisters too. We don't dodge bad dick, and we know better, but we choose not to. But I like where this conversation is going, and um, I um, just I appreciate you, you know, sharing with us your experience. And um, I particularly like when you talk about um, what being being present and attracting that love energy. So as we evolve in our consciousness, we are attracting that. We're attracting that energy. And as you mentioned, you were able to attract your mate and how, you know, because of this, you are, the two of you have consciously decided to, to grow and, and to transform, you know, and, and, and by using, you know, and taking the sexual experience as it being sacred and it, and it not being separate from our lives. So, um, you know, like I, you know, like I said, I'm sitting back and enjoying the conversation. And um, how did you make that revelation I just gave? Yeah, <laughs> it just came to me that that's a revelation. If the dick yeah. is not connected to a loving, nurturing heart, it's bad dick. It is. If the pussy it is not connected to a loving, warm, compassionate heart, it's bad pussy. And there you have it. There you have it. James, peace hmm. and love, peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You know what? Uh, I I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon to honor you tonight, my brother, for uh, just sharing your heart. I'm just I'm like, you know, wow, this is truly uh, interesting to hear you uh, with your open honesty and authenticness. I bless you, and I do absolutely bless you and your queen for discovering each other. What a gift! Well, here's what's um, interesting. So I here's also want to just acknowledge what you just said which is uh, if if it's not connected to a good, kind, and loving heart, it's not good pussy. Or if it's not connected to a good, kind, and loving heart, it's not good dick. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think, you know, we've had many uh, sharings about what um, brothers think about or say about that, and I really I love that. Your destination will be on the right. Okay. Um, so I think I did want to ask you one question. Um, so I was reading something earlier today that was talking about soulmates and how you feel when you've um, been connected to your soulmate. And I was wondering if you were having that feeling with your uh, beloved. And if you are, what how, what made you feel that, that she's your soulmate? One of the things that they talked about was being comfortable with that person, like you can just be yourself. And so um, I was wondering what, what your feelings are, thoughts about that are, with your relationship. Yeah, I think that last thing you said is really the key. I mean, if you're not, if you're not feeling comfortable being your authentic self with all the good, the bad, and the ugly with that person, it's like, it's like I doubt seriously if that person, your soulmate, their energy their consciousness, their presence does not have you feeling comfortable just being yourself and, and, and feeling and knowing that you're accepted in being yourself. You know, couples that I've met, like, you know, Janine and, uh, and uh, Britton and other couples who've been together for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, one of the things that I hear in common in almost all those relationships is that they really appreciate that uh, not only the person their best friend, but the person just accept them as they are, and the person is comfortable with them being the person they are without them having to be something they're not. And I think that's that's fundamental. Wow, that's so true. And so that's not just true. That's not just true. My soulmates It's like people that you're around, and you feel like they're judging you and evaluating you and assessing you. I mean, who wants to be around somebody that's constantly judging and assessing and evaluating everything about you, what you do, what you don't do? I mean, you're not going to enjoy being around that kind of energy. And, and, and people are not going to be around that kind of energy if they don't have to be, regardless of who that person is. So, James, you know, I didn't play the commercial. So, Bonnie and Z, I'm going to play the commercial, and then we're going to come back. But there's two things I want you to talk about. One, you said the one thing that I loved about um, what you said about Fawn is that you loved how she loved you, but you never felt smart. I love that. That's what she said. And then we're going to talk about what does it take to attract the the divine love mate of your dreams. We're going to talk about that because we talked about that before. So I'm going to play the family healing circle commercial in the song. Then we're going to come back, and I'm going to give you time to think about that. And, James, I honor you because you really rock tonight. I just want you to know. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Family Healing Circle, where we heal the mind, body, and soul. 
Join us every Monday for Totally Whole with Dr. Rosemary Cook and Pastor Bridget as they discuss issues related to spirituality and mental health with emphasis on wholeness of mind, body, and spirit. Get your money right Tuesdays on Money Matters with Chastity A. Wells. This show is the tool you need to develop a healthy relationship with your money and financial legacy. Every Thursday is a treat as we mix it up. On the first Thursday of the month, it's Total Empowerment with Angela Hardy, where beauty and strength is enhanced inside and out. The second Thursday of the month is Relationship Talk on One Love, One Connection, One Up with Reverends Arlene Cahet and Harvey L. Bailey as they give you practical advice for creating a spiritual union to have the relationship you want. Call in with your relationship questions. Calling all brothers on the third Thursday of the month, it's the Sacred Masculine Show with Reverend Jamel Gilliam it's a show for spiritual brothers and the women who love them. When there is a fourth Thursday in the month, we have the Healing Paradigm with Reverend Arlene Cahet, healing the mind, body, and spirit through changing viewpoints. Every Friday, let's talk love, sex, and nutrition with sexual wellness coach Bondria Walters and sex enthusiast Nakia Lana. The hottest sexual health and wellness and nutrition show around this is for the grown and sexy listen at your own risk if you don't know now you know the family healing circle on blog talk radio 7 p.m to 9 p.m it's the best in entertainment education and talk radio. all right if you don't know now you know that's
to question. Over by Michelle and Dege Cello and Marcus Miller. That's from the Love Jones CD, yes. I love that. Did y'all hear that? She said, your, your music is so very beautiful. I want to feel you deep inside the one for the kiss beneath my very skin. She said, I want to experience the dark, very nectar, the seed of life, heaven everlasting. The phone just won't suffice no more because my imagination is filled and my cup runneth over. Ooh, and if you feel the same for me. The way I feel for you, I want you to rush over. I love that. All right, all right. We got James Gilmore up in here tonight with Bonnie Z and me, Queen of Desire. We're talking about what is good pussy. We got a question before you answer, and I think this is really interesting. She texted me. She said, James, obviously love good oral sex. She said, James, what does it take for a woman to give you great oral sex? Wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, well, so uh, so first of all, it's like there's women who do it so they can get themselves some, and there's some women who do it because they figure that the man's not going to have sex with them or they don't do it, and there's women who do it because they genuinely enjoy giving pleasure to their man. So I think that 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 whether whether it's a man or a woman with their part in the oral sex, I think what takes the sex from the ordinary and the normal to the fabulous and great and all that stuff is the person have a genuine desire to please their partner. Uh, and I've never been with a woman who had that mindset that I didn't enjoy oral sex with her. And, and of course, I've been with women who were doing it because they knew you wanted it, and it was like, you know, why would you even bother? <laughs> I didn't say that to them. <laughs> but in my mind, it's like, why would you even bother? <laughs> if you could have done it any better than that, you should have just told me no, I would have been okay with it. <laughs> but uh, so it's being a great lover is about really truly being unselfish and the the pleasure of your partner being equal to or greater than your own pleasure. I think that's what makes a great lover. So what makes a good oral sex though? She wants to know is it is should it be juicy, should it be dry? Or maybe she just wanna know what you like. Is, do you like it juicy? Do you like it dry? Do you like more teaching confidential information there. So so, uh, so I think I think yeah, yes, I, I think that each, whoever your lover is, you know, each person is different and unique. And what makes a great lover is, you know, you meet the needs of your of, of your lover. So mm-hmm. however that man wants all sex, you know, then the, the woman who's a great lover is going to do that. Same thing with a man, you know, whatever makes great sex for that woman you're with, then you, you willingly eagerly from a place of, of profound willingness you, you have a natural desire to, to to please that person and to do what is their particular uh, uh, method or approach to, to them being pleased and satisfied. So yeah, it, it boils down the mindset. It boils down the mindset. The technique the technique is not as important as the mindset because for me if the person got the right mindset they will naturally discover the right technique or they'll they'll willingly follow the guidance of their lover about how to to, to please and satisfy them. Great. Now that's great. So let me tell you, we I went to a workshop on oral sex and the lady matter of fact, she's gonna be my guest speaker on the next third Friday in April. And she said this is what she said, so I'm just trying to answer the question, you know. She said that having a good oral sex or giving the head or however you want to say it comes from the idea of loving the dick. She said, you got to love that dick. You got to love it. She said, and when you do, she said, you can't do nothing but please the person you went when you love. She said, when people just do it because they just want to satisfy that person or just trying to do something, she said, if you don't love the dick, you're not going to make good oral sex. So that's what she said takes, makes good oral sex is loving the dick. Uh, that That's profound. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, and I would say the yeah. same thing for a man. You know, it's like, okay, this is good. So wh- where I am right now is 
if I can't see the woman as being sacred, then I know that I'm not going to see sex with her as sacred. And so, and so in making love to a woman, if I can't envision I'm making love to Mother God invited as that woman, then that's a clue to me to leave it alone. Wow. Wow, that's, that's really interesting right there. Well, see, because ultimately we talk about being on a spiritual path and spiritually evolving. The greatest opportunity we have to evolve, evolve spiritually and practice spirituality and practice being uh, unconditionally loving and being a loving person and being giving and generous and nurturing is that is that that intimate uh, person we're with or that significant other. I mean, if we can't practice being patient with them, then talking about being patient with people we meet is, is like it's a farce. If we can't be gentle and loving and unselfish and we can't honor them as God, then go and send namaste to people we meet during the day, and then here's a person we're with all night or we're with that's, that's in a committed relationship, if we can't treat them like, the God in me honors the God in you, then it's like, it's, it's just words. So we get to practice, we get to practice not only seeing ourselves as divine, but we, we get to practice uh, uh, experiencing another person and treating them as divine in that intimate relationship. So it's like the greatest practice we can do to develop our Christ consciousness, God consciousness, unconditional love, Letting go of judgment, uh, it's like right there in front of us. And if we want to consider life sacred, people sacred, and we can't relate to our lover as being sacred, it's like what's going on? But in order to see someone as sacred, you must first see yourself as sacred. When you say you You must first see the God, you must see yourself as a goddess or a god. In order to make love to a god, you have to be a goddess. In order for God to make love to a goddess, he he has to be a god and see himself as a god. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Who we're being includes how we authentically see ourselves and how we view ourselves and the identity that we embrace and embody. And and that's going to determine through the law of attraction and the law of resonance who and what we attract into our lives. So for me, not only am I very, very uh, uh, watch, watchful in, of who I attract as uh, a, a, male, a female interest, uh, uh, who I attract as friends, I'm, I'm observing the energy, the experiences and people that I attract to give me an accurate picture of what my energy is and what I'm projecting. Because I can only attract back What's a mirror of my present state of consciousness? You know, mm-hmm. so when I had that experience with that sister who was, uh, you know, couldn't get what she wanted and she was ruining my reputation, uh, she, 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 you know, all that stuff, it's like, okay, this is really not about her. This is about where my consciousness is that I'm attracting someone who will relate to me that way because obviously on some level I'm relating to myself that way. Wow. Wow, James, you said a mouthful right there because that's what I always tell my my clients and people that I train to be coaches. That 
the you can only attract yourself. You only can That's attract it. yourself. Wow, James. That's a profound thought right there. Okay, so love goddess, love goddess. So if I want to attract a great lover, then I'm only going to attract a greater lover as the lover I'm being with and to myself. Come on now. That's profound. Go ahead yeah, now. You're so, going to print something here, Reverend James. Get him up. <laughs> so that's, that, that's really it. So it's like, you know, I start observing, you know, I uh, I attracted wonderful friends, Mother Sunshine there in Chicago, uh, Brother Amir. Uh, next thing, Mother Sunshine is like, you got to meet this Valerie Love lady. And uh, she said, here's her phone number. And I called Valerie up and it's like, oh, my goodness, this is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful spirit. Then Brother Amir like, you got to come on the boost call with us every morning. And I said, wait a minute, man. It's 144 in Cali. You're telling me to get on the phone at 444 for three months? I said, you know, you've been drinking some, 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 some crazy wine or something, boy. And, but I came on the call because Valerie had this wonderful energy. Then there's this great fellowship. And then, you know, the next thing I know, I'm being told, you got to uh, – get on this love journey call after you get off the boost call. You're already up. You might as well get on the call. And then I'm meeting this Janine Ingram. And so the, the bottom line is I start observing the people that my energy start attracting. You know, wonderful goddesses like uh, your, like a Reverend, uh, uh, Reverend uh, Valerie Love, like yourself, Janine. Then I start just observing. And it's like, okay, I, I don't have to guess about what my energy is, my consciousness is, I can observe the type of people and experiences that I'm attracting. And and that's that's how I look at it. everything that's happening is a mirror of my consciousness. Exactly true. Because everything outside of us is a definite degree of what's going on on the inside of us. So yeah. you attracted a, a beautiful love mate. But you had to do some work. Let's talk about the work you did to get to the level of understanding, you know, and we can even talk about the love soak, you know, all the things that you did to get into the consciousness of love and how many times we argued about love. <laughs> <laughs> I was just messing with you, Janine. I, I was just messing with you, honey. I knew you was I right all the time. I knew you was right. I was just messing with you. Here, here, that's that's a fabulous question. So the first thing for myself, I really had to get Buddha Buddha honest with myself about what was going on with me through observing the experiences uh, that I attracted, the experiences with the people I attracted, uh, and so that was really the the really beginning of my my path of awakening. Uh, when I really got honest that, you know, this experience is not about this person. This experience is about my energy that's attracting it, uh, whether or not my, uh, like, like say, oh, this is good. So about 12 years ago, I was in a relationship uh, with a sister from Chicago, and uh, the first three, four months was blissful. Uh, it, was, it was just great harmony, great bliss. And then the, 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 the bitch in her came out. She started hollering, screaming, cussing. And I said, wait a minute, what's going on here? And she said, listen, the other relationships I've had with men, we had the same thing. I did it. 
I, you know, it's just that that's where I am right now. I, I, I wish I wasn't this way. I'm going to work on it. But uh, when I get angry, when I get upset, I'm going to cuss you out. I'm going to holler. I'm going to scream. So uh, I let her know, you know, uh, I, I'm with you. Hopefully, you know, you can heal that. Uh, and if you don't, you know, we're not going to be together for long term. But it's like I'm going to give it the best I got now. But what I had to do, I had to really get Buddha honest with myself that if I attracted this woman with this intense anger, it's really a reflection of some unhealed anger in me. Hmm. So I really, I stayed with her, for, I stayed with her for three years, and you know, for, for the two and a half years, the last two and a half years, it was the anger, the hollering, the cussing, the screaming, neighbors knocking on the door. One time they called the police because she was hollering and screaming so much. And is everything okay here? And I, I really, you know, had to. I really chose to be brutally honest with myself that it's time for me to heal whatever is in me that's unhealed, that's attracting all this anger being reflected back to me and directed at me. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was great. It was probably the greatest experience I've ever had in my life with a human being and a woman because she played the role of of, of allowing me a mirror and a picture of all the stuff that I obviously either wasn't seeing or wasn't admitting or wasn't acknowledging. And so after that experience, you know, I got out of the experience after three years and I was like, okay, my emotional body uh, needs some serious healing after this. And I started working with shamans at that time. I started working with emotional healings and the feeling body. And so I really got on my path of, you know, what you call Janine, healing in a child. And then I had to really get clear with myself that I still had some healing to do uh, with my with my relationship with my mom. I didn't live with my mom until I was eight years old. And um, I had all these expectations about how the relationship was going to be when I went to live with her. It wasn't that way. And I became very bitter, very angry. And uh, so I had to really, really start looking at it and healing uh, my attitude and energy and unforgiveness uh, with my with my mother. So this particular relationship was a great catalyst in me really, really started to do my own inner healing work. And, 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 and definitely the self-love and self-image and self-esteem, but also my anger, my resentment, my whatever, rage, bitterness. So it really, really propelled me into taking inner healing seriously. Wow. So, uh, you know, transformational life coach, and I think the biggest healing component on the planet is nothing like inner child healing. Because when I went through the process of inner child healing, there was such a connection between what I was experiencing and what I was feeling from my childhood. Did you find that to be true for you in the process of healing? Did you did a lot of things come up and you was like, wow, was it a, you know, yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So about 10 years ago, I accepted this mandate from spirit to start a humanitarian foundation and attract and create, you know, millions of dollars to fund humanitarian and spiritual projects around the world. So, you know, I started attracting all these world-class shamans and healers and energy workers and mystics into my life. I mean, you know, I just attracted them. 
and I would have clearing sessions with them. So they said, well, why, why are you here for this clearing session or why are we doing this, whether it's in person, over the phone or Skype? I said, okay, I got this mission uh, to fund uh, millions of dollars to fund projects, and I'm here to clear my stuff around money so I can attract this money to fund these projects. And what would be so interesting is nine times out of ten, they say, okay, we're going to tune in to what your higher self, your guides want us to work with. And almost never was it about clearing me about money. It ended up being stuff with my uh, relationship with my father, relationship with my mother, uh, my ancestors on the father's side, the mother's side, uh, what women in my lineage had gone through. Uh, it, it really ended up being a lot of ancestral healing, uh, stuff with my siblings. I mean, it was amazing how much ancestral stuff, uh, even Dr. Gibson, that's, uh, Dr. what's his first name, uh, Janine? Dr. Gibson, Master Gibson. Yeah, what's Dr. Gibson's first name? Master Gibson. Okay, okay, Master Gibson. So yeah, I even had a session with him, and it ended up being an ancestral healing. So, yeah, so it's like it is amazing about the inner child, the ancestral piece, and without me really focusing on that, almost every healer, shaman that I attracted. We end up doing ancestral healing, inner child healing, childhood stuff. Uh, and even with the work with Joel and Marqua, whatever's going on now, they trace it back to whether it happened in a past life, when did it start in this life. And probably most of the things that people end up getting healed with their uh, chakra codes and the, the other work they do, most of it originated in childhood. Wow. So you're absolutely correct, Janine. So that that's really interesting, you know. It's so I would I heard it never put like this when Astarius was on our call. He said that I think it was Astarius who said that our inner child is the wisest space in our body. It's our inner child, and the inner child resides in the heart. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is interesting. So you know, he the wisdom of the inner child knows everything. And so I'm just like really, I love the inner child work, so I'm glad that we get a chance to talk about it because that's my favorite part of transformation. I, everyone who I've ever coached into business, anything, we always hear the inner child because everything comes from our childhood and based on how we have a relationship to money, relationship to ourselves, relationship with other people, intimately or not, it all comes from our inner child learning. Exactly, exactly. So it's a, it's an interesting that majority of the guests that you and I co-hosted with on the love journey with the Ascended Masters of Mystery School, it's amazing how much of the work centered on the, the inner child and clearing up childhood things. So, you know, we, we, we don't get to get away from uh, healing our childhood issues, healing our inner child, because when you talk about loving yourself, your inner child is, is an intimate part of yourself. And how can you love yourself without loving uh, your inner child? Wow. And when you love yourself and then when you honor yourself, you're going to attract someone who's going to teach, treat you the way you're treating yourself. And that's powerful. So 
I just love the conversation. I'm going to just check back in with Bonnie and Z and see, because I know we went to another direction, and I know they got something they want to add or say to it. I don't want to leave my goddesses out. Okay. Peace, goddess, and peace to you, my brother. Uh, yes. You know what, Janine? I'm just mesmerized by the conversation, so, I mean, I'm just going to let you guys keep on rolling with it, but this is just beautiful. I mean, it's, you know, it so pulls together our connection with spirit in our relating in our relationships and especially in our relating with ourselves. So mm-hmm. I am just so grateful that Brother James is bringing that out. And, you know, I really, uh, I'm really taking it in, my brother, that whatever I am expressing and whoever I am being is who I will be attracting into my life. So when I'm looking at my outside uh, relationships and I'm finding discouragement or or whatever, you know, abandonment or any of that stuff, it's because this is how I am treating myself. And once I get that together, all the other things will show up. And I would also just like to say gratitude, you know, being absolutely grateful for these beautiful souls that come into our lives to show us more of who we are and what we have to work on. You know, even with the sister with you, Brother James, who was causing all that, you know, discouragement and uh, the things that she wanted to do that were were not loving and caring, as you unfolded that in your own consciousness, you realized those were things that you were struggling with within yourself or that you were having challenges with. And so now you can come to a beautiful experience with a beloved who lights your fire, brings pleasure and joy and happiness and awesome, amazing experiences. So you did the work within first, and that's my lesson tonight, doing the work within first and getting what I want as a result. So I'm turning it back over to you, Lady Love. Namaste. All right, Bonnie. And you I'm... Um, Yes, um, and just to piggyback what my beautiful um, sister is saying is that I appreciate this brother for um, coming on the show and just being so honest with the things that he had to do um, to to be a better person, a better version of him in the world for him to do that because, you know, it's not an easy thing when we're facing ourselves. And then when we come to the realization that, you know, the relationships that we're in is a mirror of ourselves, and we know, you know, it ain't pretty all the time. And so, you know, with that being said, like, again, you know, this brother consciously chose to do the work. And for that, again, I, I appreciate you um, for that because that's what we need. We we um, are here to experience this experience of who we are on this earth, to love and to um, to share our gifts and our and our purposes. And we have people, whether it be intimate relationships or friendships, that come in our lives that allow us to do this work. Oh, absolutely, and and, mm-hmm. and this is good. Those who've chosen to be a part of the awakening of the planet and pioneers and and all that, we probably are those who chose the most painful childhoods and, uh, uh, you know, uh, birthing situations, family situations, because in uh, in choosing that and in healing that, we can let more light in. We can uh, uh, be in a state of really being conscious and being aware and being light bearers 
and those experiences is how we got to be, you know, really, really open and clear channels and vessels of, of the light. So it's like those experiences were chosen so we could really do the work we're doing now. It wasn't like we were victims, and it wasn't like, uh, you know, God was angry at us. We raised our hands up and said we want, we want to be on an accelerated path of awakening so we could do the work to be Sojourner's Truce and, and uh, Harriet Tubman's and assisting other people in their liberation. So we chose those family situations, early childhood situations, so we could accelerate our growth to be the liberators and the light bearers right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Well, let's see. Do we want to open up the line? Because we only got about 20 minutes left. Let's see if anybody have any questions. Hit the start one. You just hit one and let us know that you want to raise your hands and ask this beautiful brother any question that you want to ask. And so we do got a, a text question. She wants to know, Jane. If everything is an attraction of us, and we, it seems like she says she do the work, do the work, but it's still not working. Why? She says she feels like she's doing all the work. <laughs> <laughs> that that's uh yeah that that's kind of like understandable, you know. So I was definitely doing the work that I was aware of to do, and what was so beautiful to me, the the grace, you know, the grace of Mother Father God. I started attracting people who assisted me and supported me with the work, whether it was a, a, a mentor, whether it was a, a friend, a friendship, or whether it was in shamans. Like about a year and a half ago, uh, I met a shaman, uh, Alan Sims, who's been on the love journey several times, and he says, I would like to start having sessions with you, uh, you know, with, with his shamanistic work. And I said, well, right now, I said, that, that sounds like a great idea. I'm sure it'll be a great experience. That don't fit in my budget right now. He said, oh, no, 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 this is not about money. He said, I'd like to start having sessions with you. And uh, uh, probably once a month, once every month and a half, uh, two months at the longest, he would come by. We would have an hour and a half to three-hour sessions, clearing work, activations, attunements, uh, you know, working with the ascended masters. So, you know, other times I've had uh, sessions where I, I had the money and I paid for them. And, and uh, so I, I think that based on the commitment and the willingness, I think the universe is going to send us support uh, to assist us in the journey. You know, because I, I, I know that I couldn't have gotten to where I am right now without all the support and assistance uh, that I've gotten along the way. So it's not a solitary journey and doing the work doesn't mean that we do the work all by ourselves all the time. It's like we have to have support, you know. Uh, you know, Janine's is a she's a life coach and she does inner child work. So there's people who have an anointing to assist us in inner healing that we definitely uh, will behoove us to take advantage of their uh, their service and their gift. Wow, that is a beautiful answer. And the one thing I'd like to add to that along with what you said, is that you do need assistance and, you know, with the shamans and different coaches and stuff. But the one thing I find when people ask that question is usually if they've been so heady about the healing and not so heart-centered about their healing, too. 
Yeah, I, I think you, you, you make a good point. It's, it's definitely about opening the heart. And, uh, you know, it's like the first thing I had to admit to myself in that last relationship I was in is that, like, you know, it's like I'm in emotional pain. Uh, you know, it's like it was like I was in emotional pain, and I knew I needed to heal not only the part of me that was in pain, but the part of me that attracted that experience. And, and of course, part of my motivation was this was absolutely no fun. I mean, not like there was never any fun in the relationship, but it's like there was absolutely no fun having someone mirror back uh, my unhealed anger and my unhealed whatever else was going on. So I said, you know, let me start doing my work so I can change the part in me which is is, is obviously being shown that's ready for healing, and I'm ready to attract a loving, uh, nurturing, peaceful, harmonious experience. And I was very clear that until I shift something in me, I will probably attract something similar. So I really, really took six months and did nothing but inner, inner, inner healing work. It's like that became a priority in my life was healing to the best that I could with assistance, whatever that was that was in me that attracted that. And whatever was there that also was, was calling for healing. So let me add to that, James. One thing that people got to realize is I bet you nine times out of ten, when we don't see the healing, it's because we stand out of relationships. You know, sometimes it's good to stay out of a relationship, but the and I, I'm telling you, the the place, the highest place of learning is in relationships. You do the work, but you never know if you pass in the test until you get into relationship. And there's no greater test than being in an intimate relationship with someone. That's when you I don't know agree with you, love God. I don't agree with you, love goddess. That's okay. I mean, you I agree with the, me. I, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I agree with the principle you're saying. So I'm, say, I'm not so saying that you should not have a space where you don't be in relationship, but you got to, you know, a lot of people are staying out of relationships for ten and fifteen years. Then you have to, you have to be in relationship to grow. There's, you don't grow without being in relationship. It's just no two ways okay. about it. You don't have to agree with me, but that's the truth. I, I, I was, I was just messing with you, honey. So, so I agree with you a million percent. And what I want to add is, you know. Uh, after I got out of that relationship uh, in 2002, whatever, it was, you know, about 10 years before I got into an active relationship again. But, but what, what, I, what I noticed is, so for me, it's like whatever is in your consciousness, whatever is in your unhealed part of your inner child, whether it's the people on your job or your relatives, your, your siblings, your neighbors, or whatever, whatever is in your energy matrix, you will attract people and experiences that reflect and reveal what's there. Now, I do agree with you, Janine. Nothing reveals it more powerfully than a man-woman thing or woman-woman thing or man-man thing. And if you look at all the relationships in your life, they all going to re- reveal the good, the bad, and the ugly of what's going on in your consciousness. You're absolutely right. 
You're absolutely right. So I just want to remind people to don't stay out of relationship for 10 years, you know. Or, you know, there's times when you need to, you know, find yourself and come back and hear, but don't stay out for so long that you then you become afraid to be in relationship or, you you know, you're not in relationship. It's important that we have relationships. It's important, even if it's not the soulmate, even if it's not the one forever, then you get to know where you are. You get to say, oh, oh man, I got to do some more work. Or I get to say, well, wow, this is good. This didn't last forever, but I like what I attracted, and so the only thing I can do is attract better. You know what I'm saying? You get to see where you are. I like what you're saying, love goddess, and I also like to add, if a person's in tune with their intuition, their inner guidance, that inner guidance will let them know when they're ready to be in a a, a man woman romantic thing, or and, it, and it's very powerful just to learn to be in a platonic relationship with the opposite sex. Some folks is like if they ain't getting some, then they really don't really allow themselves the freedom to attract beautiful, wholesome, uh, loving male female relationships that are simply platonic. Yeah, yeah, so so uh, one's intuition, one's inner self, their inner guidance is going to let them know whether they're ready. But if a person got, still got some fear, apprehension about getting in one, then the relationship is not the issue. Healing whatever had them being fearful or distrusting or whatever about getting in a relationship, that's, that's what's calling for healing. Oh yeah, but guess what? Sometimes we don't see it until we look in the mirror. You know, some you you know some people won't call it fear. Oh, I'm just you know some people won't see the the writing on the wall until the relationship shows up, the mirror shows up, and say, here you are, you looking at yourself. That's why when you see people won't even look at the fact when they attract a certain situation in their life and then they want to blame the other person with, oh, this gender is something like this. So all men is this, or all women are like this, or da, 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 da. instead of saying, I've attracted this mirror, what is it in this mirror that I need to change within myself? Because that's what mirrors come to do. And when I say mirrors, relationships. And all relationships actually do, but intimate relationship takes us to a powerful mother, a whole other level where we have to really look inside ourselves. Exactly. So that's why I'm saying it's important that we don't stay, you know, intentionally stay out of relationships. There's going to be periods in your life, you know, there's seasons for everything. But sometimes we outgrow a season and we stay in the season of this because we don't want to go into the next season for whatever reason. And we won't see that sometimes until we get into the relationship. Because what happens is that's when we get vulnerable. And vulnerability brings strength and growth. Well, vulnerability, if you are ready to be vulnerable, brings strength. But if you fear vulnerability, then that's where the healing is called for, healing one's fear of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if a person fears being vulnerable, that's probably a good thing because they got some stuff they need to heal uh, because they're obviously not ready to deal with exposing that thing to another person or that part of themselves to another person. Mm. But, but my, my favorite is you mentioned about the relationship, people start relationship. My favorite is well, when God uh, uh, is ready uh, and the Spirit is ready for me to be in a relationship, it'll bring the person to me. That's my favorite. Oh, really? Putting it on God, putting it on God while they're not in a relationship. Right. 
So the thing is, is that we, you know, that's, again, being in our head. Because fear is in our head and love is in our heart. I just want to remind people from this conversation that it's so important that we learn to live from our heart. And and really get get in there and see what our heart is saying. You know, that's part of the spiritual grooming that I always talk about. We need to sit still and say, what is my heart saying? Some of us are not so present inside our body that we don't know what our heart is saying. We think our heart sometimes because we have a, a defined love as those attachments. You know, when you feel that attachment to a situation, then you think that's love. But that's not love. And so you you think that your heart is saying for you to stay there because you're attached to it. So I just want to get, you know, clear that people need to really get present with their heart and learn their heart and really understand what what is the heart saying to me. How does a person get to that point, Janine? I think what you're saying is very powerful, and you you obviously are master of that. So how does a person who's not there uh, where you just said get to that place? So to me, in my opinion, when I teach people how to get to their heart, I always think, I always ask people, what opens your heart? Most time they don't know. So I ask them, do they like poetry? Do you like music? Like if you love music, then music is a great way to get still and just allow the music to move you into your heart space. And just, you know, just be still, cut the lights off, put the candle on, and just Feel the music, just let the music feel you, and then place your hand over your heart. Like for me, like sometimes when I'm had an interesting day, I put a little Miles Davis on, and I put my candles on, and I lay in the bed in the dark, and I just let the music move my heart, and I just place my right hand over my heart and just ask my heart to open and ask it to remove any veils, any blocks, you know, and just speak to my heart. Until my heart began to speak to me. Because when I first started, my heart didn't speak to me because I had been so disconnected from my heart because I had, had been heartbroken. So I had to learn to connect and me and my heart back and trust that my heart and me can have a good relationship. And I did it just by sitting still with my heart sometimes, just being still. Like one of my favorite songs is um, by Lonnie Lisa Smith. I like Lonnie Lisa Smith's music because it feels cosmic, and a lot of his songs is cosmic this, cosmic woman. You got a CD called The Cosmic Woman, and I love it. And so I would lay and just let that CD play and let the candles move and just tell myself how much I love and appreciate me, and I would just simply breathe into my heart. And if, my, if I started getting heady, I'd tell myself to release that thought and go back into my heart. You have to learn to be intentional in your heart because pleasure is the most powerful medicine on the planet. There's nothing more powerful in healing our body. Not just it could be heal the disease, but it can also just heal the pain. It can heal, you know, a broken heart, just getting back into our pleasure zone. And so many of us don't know what that is. Howard Thurman says something that just always sticks with me. He said that we always want to know, we always ask him what the world needs, but we need to ask ourselves, what lights us up and turn us on and get busy lighting ourselves, turning us ourselves on because what the world needs is people lit up and turned on. In the book we read and on the Love Journey on Friday, it's called The Seed. It says the world not filled with vitamin deficiency people. It's filled with passion deficiency people. People think they're tired and sick and all this because they, they're not filled with passion. And we got to get back to that place of pleasure. So you, you, you said several things in the reference session. You was talking about uh, 
relation with the heart, being still. Then you uh, brought up uh, uh, pleasure. Then you brought up passion. So what's the connection between all three of those since you've connected them together, Janine? Well, to me, passion fuels our desires. Pleasures help us find our passion, you know, because desire is just God, goddess, the divine mother, father, God, tapping at our heart, saying, I want to manifest more of myself through you. I want to operate through you, through your heart. You know, when you, like, so we talked about making love. When you make love and you can feel it in your heart, where tears is in your eyes and your body, and, you know, that's when you really know that you're fully present in your heart. When you can hear a piece of music and it could just move you to another level, that's when you're fully present in your heart. When, you know, it's like the birth of a newborn baby. You know, have you ever held a new life and it's so heart-expanding and, wow, a beautiful moonlit night? And how you just bask in the glow of the moon's love or the majesticness of a sunrise as the sun begins to kiss your face with the warmth of his presence. Uh, so mouth-watering, so juicy, so delicious, you know. Those are the things in life that really open our heart. And so we got to get back to the memory of the feeling of what those things feel like so we can bring that back into our pleasure. Everybody's so heady. Everybody's into correcting people, getting them right, doing this. But nobody's really just having fun with life, just enjoying life, work, just having fun. Enjoying life, having fun with life. You know, we we just need to have fun and enjoy it and get into our, our pleasure zone. You know, I told you I'm starting a pleasure revolution. We got to start it because people are passionless, passion deficiency, pleasure deficiency. And we just need to stop every morning and say, ask our heart, what can I do to bring more pleasure to you? I do that every morning. Janine, what can I do to bring pleasure to you? What can I do to make you happy, bring forth your desires, bring forth the goals of your soul? How can I make you happy today? And then I just let the universe direct my life in making me happy. And it's very few days. I can't even remember a day that my day was like, oh, I just had a terrible day. I'm so unhappy. I, I can't even, I don't even imagine even ever having them, but I, I can't even remember when I did. Cool. So, James, we got 10 minutes, and this interview is not about me. It is about you. So, we're going <laughs> to. Uh, it's about us. It is. It is all about us. So, with that being said, I'm going to let you give us our last words. See if Bonnie want to let us know what's going on next Friday, or Z, or anybody, or what's going on, and. And get ready to wrap us all up because we got 10 minutes. I want to thank each and every one who came to, uh, I was getting ready to say love journey, to come to love, sex, and nutrition. Because of all the places you could have chose to be, you chose to be here tonight with us. Thank you for tuning in to love, sex, and nutrition with our mystery guest, which is James Gilmore. And so, James, I'm going to see if you want to tell us any last thoughts, and then I'm going to turn it over to Bonnie, and then I'm going to play our song out. Well, come to me, Janine is just the, 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 the encouragement for all of us. Be the love that we desire to see in the world. And if you want to have more sacred sex, what can they do? Just be, be the love, be the love that we desire to see in the world 
And for me, that'll attract the safer sex, the safer partners, the wonderful friendships, wonderful relationships, wonderful experiences, the prosperity. If we're allowing, you know, Father, Mother, God is love, and and we allow them to live in us, in us, as us, and through us, and we just simply be the love that we desire to, to be in the world. If we be this love, then we're going to be a love vibration and we're going to attract that which is aligned with love and that which uh, resonates with love and that which is a vibratory match for love. I love it. I love it. That's my conclusion. Be the love we desire to see in the world. Be the love. So how do you be love? How do you be love? Well, I think you talked about so it's like be still and know that I'm gone. So so it's it's learning to be be with ourselves and be still, be quiet, no noise around, just to be in the silence and the stillness with ourselves and our own skin, uh, become comfortable with that. Then we learn to be still and be one with the divine, and then. It's like now we are conduit for love to flow through. You know, mm. we're, we're communing with the divine. We are, are experiencing and embracing our oneness with the divine. Then what? But what else other than the divine can flow in us, through us, and as us? Uh, you know, Paul said in Acts, "In God we live and move and have our being." So we can't get away from. Uh, the divine, because we live and move and have our being in the divine. The life force in us is is God. Uh, the breath in us is the breath of spirit. So we're already a one with it. Now it's choose to consciously be one with that and be with it, embrace it, fellowship with it, and allow that divine love and presence to be in us as us. And it can't be anything but love and light. And so as we allow the love and light to be in us, expressed through us, we're going to attract that which is also a vibrational match with, with love and light. All right. All right. Thank you, James Gilmore. Thank you for saying yes and being a guest on the Love, Sex, and Nutrition Show. I'm going to see if Bonnie got anything to say. And Z, and if you do, come on in. Let's say your last words, and, and then I'll just close out with a beautiful oh. All right. Oh, wow. This, you know, I was just sitting back and um, just enjoying the flow of the conversation tonight. And, Janine, I want to thank you for bringing um, this beautiful brother on, on the show tonight. Thank you again, James, for, um, for for sharing with us. And, you know, not only was this um, you know, just a beautiful show, but it was powerful. You know, the message is that you know when we when we are coming from the heart, you know just the effect that it has on the world, and you know, what a beautiful world it would be when we're no longer deprived of our pleasures, and and we're living our lives, you know, every day full of light and love and purpose, and you know I just like I said just really just appreciate the conversation tonight. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you, Bonnie. I appreciate yes. the love. Peace mm-hmm. and love. Uh, Thank you. 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 Thank you.
and my beautiful God, my brother, I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, I, too, am so grateful for uh, this offering tonight. Janine, uh, my queen of desire, you just um, brought us an amazing show tonight, an amazing show to share with uh, Brother James, and I appreciate you. Brother James, God bless you, and uh, may peace continue to shine upon you. And thank you so much for the lesson and the blessing tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to turn it back over to you, my beautiful queen. Peace and love, my sister Bonnie. One love. Peace and love. Peace and love. And um, and this um, I know we're going to end out with a with a wonderful song, and I can't wait to hear that as well, Janine. And I just want to thank our family again for joining us this evening for um, another wonderful, grateful, beautiful show of Let's Talk Love, Sex, and Nutrition. And we look forward to seeing you back with us next week again here at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. All right, Janine. We're ready for you to take us out, honey. All right. Just want to remind you that my grandmother always said, there's not an ill love can't heal. There's not a prescription love can't feel. And then there's not a question that love can't answer. Thank you for tuning in with the Queen of Desire, Bonnie V and me. Thank you. I love you all. <laughs> Starlighting you, Lonnie Listen Smith.
Love. 